0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer in the Maple Auto Mall near Rutherford at Highway 400. Luxury is closer than you think.
0: Round one.
1: round one, Tim Hudak is here, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Mark Warner, international trade lawyer. Laura Babcock with the OSHO and Power Group Communications. Good morning to y'all, and uh, let's start with the Eglinton Crosstown. There was some degree of exasperation when it came to the deputy mayor, who was live in studio a short time ago. But Mark Warner, you've worked in government. I am guess you're used to things moving along slowly. But, I mean, this makes my head hurt.
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, I see this more as um, sort of my experience as uh, working with uh, sort of contracts. I guess the question is, what's in this contract? I mean, I know, as I said last week, I think when we talked about this, that one of the challenges when you're advising governments is they don't always want to put to draw up contracts that are tough on, frankly, people who are their friends and so it's it's just the reality of it and and that there are a lot of lobbyists who come in and they start having things so when i when i look at the litigation around this uh, the history of litigation around this and this particular one it just makes me wonder what's actually in this contract and and I just, no, I, I, so I, I just, I just, that's just where I come out on it. I'm sorry if it's not a sexy answer, but I um, I just have a, feel, it just smells to me like things that look familiar to me is what I'd say.
1: Okay, well, Tim Hudak, I mean, what's going on here is the people who are supposed to be building the Crosstown are suing the people who hired them to build the Crosstown, and they're suing to stop the work, even though apparently it's 98%
3: done. Yeah, it's just nuts, eh? And and then this is not the only time they've done a lawsuit to try to get their yeah. way. This is, I, I, this is such a frustrating
2: situation. Hey, they won that
3: yeah. There you go, right? The judge sided with them. They could try that trick again, but man, they really got the gun to the head of government but more importantly gone to the head of commuters and taxpayers uh, in this i'm happy i got to say i'm I'm glad to see metrolinks and phil verster their ceo punching back i think the government uh, has had uh, the gag put on uh, projects like metrolinks uh, leaders far too much they should just come out and actually vent on this sort of thing you got to put you got to use a bully pulpit, i guess ultimately what they come to right this consortium has the government over the barrel because there are few that can deliver this you can't just stop the project john and restart with somebody else. So I think using the bully pulpit to, to call them out, to express disappointment, and, and not let them hide behind the consortium, but name the companies like Acon, Ellis, Don, s and Lavalin, and their CEOs, uh, who are taking advantage of taxpayers here, and it looks like doing a lousy job. Okay, Laura Babcock, is it time for the Premier to drop the hammer?
0: yeah and, and you know to Tim's point you got to use PR if they ha- if this consortium has them over a barrel and we see this right we see this with sports consortiums we see this with all these large consortiums that make these kind of opaque deals with government and nobody calls out who's in the consortium nobody knows the public who's paying for it doesn't know the terms of the deal and so we're stuck in these situations to stop something 98% complete that affects you know thousands and thousands of people um, that's pretty cold so that almost feels like it's personal or there's something with this consortium that that we need to know more about but yeah drop the hammer name and shame that's the stage that we're at here
1: people are making considerable sport over a moment in Monday's mayor's debate Brad Bradford one of the candidates was talking about how hard it is to obtain real estate or rentals in Toronto and then talked about where his best friend lives my
3: best friend Paul he lives in our basement he makes a good middle-class income, pays a thousand bucks a month rent. He can't afford to live anywhere else.
1: He can't afford to move okay tim hudak yeah um, you've been in debates and you're also the head of the ontario real estate association i don't see that that is spoofable but everybody's having great sport talking about brad bradford's best friend who lives in the basement
3: (laughs) (laughs) i know i think it's funny i'm sorry i laughed when when i heard it yeah look i mean this is the reality right it's it is hard to find an affordable place in toronto or the province that's you know, 100% of, of our advocacy rep- efforts at the Ontario Real Estate Association is getting more affordable homes, so I totally get it, but just the way it's phrased, there's something about Brad Bradford as the over earnestness, I think, it comes across as insincere, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm chuckling here, he could have made an excellent point about the guy who lives in his basement somebody else, but when you throw your best friend that you've got relegated into your basement, helping pay for your campaign expenses, I'm sorry, it does make me chuckle.
1: Alright, well, Laura Babcock, maybe it's a bit like the always unseen character on a sitcom, the best friend in the basement.
0: Well, and also, let's look at the alliteration, right? Brad Bradford's best buddy in the basement. I mean, you can't can't make stuff up. Um, but also, it reminded me of Kato Caitlin, didn't it? To anybody else, like I'm just thinking, why are you doing this to your friend? Why are you? Well, first of all, uh, there have been a lot of commentary online saying, you know, if you really want to help your buddy out, and you can arrive at the debate in a, in a, I guess, in a chauffeured car or whatever, uh, apparently, uh, why don't you give him a bit of a break, even though you're charging below market and help him save so he can move out and get on with his life? Like, what, what is the game plan here for you and your best buddies? So, uh, I think it. May him look not only like he was outing somebody's financial situation it's silly because he's not just earnest he's doing all this social media stuff which is just painful uh and then you add on to that that he's talking about this guy when he should be talking about the solution to that like what is his brilliant move for for housing policy and we're here in an absolute crisis i'm i feel badly for his friend and so many others in that situation but if he's running for mayor uh don't talk about what you're charging your buddy talk about what you're going to do to alleviate the rental costs and rent eviction issues in toronto
1: okay mark warner your thoughts
2: those are my thoughts exactly
1: (laughs) that is my analysis also (laughs) all right well let's keep moving and actually let me start with you Mark Warner on this one I realize this isn't necessarily your um, type of law but still I'm sure you have an opinion on the federal justice minister unveiling new uh, bail conditions and the idea is it would be harder to get bail while awaiting trial if you have been previously involved in a violent offense does that make sense
2: well, it, it's a good idea. I think people have been calling for something like it. I mean, the, the question here, again, is the devils and the details. Can they make it stick? And, you know, we keep coming back to this point that I think I seem to be one of the few people who keeps raising this is the problem might very well be the charter. <laughs> you know, there's all the with all these issues we come back to is we have courts interpreting the charter a certain way. I'm not sure that what he's proposing here in terms of reversing the onus um you know is would survive a charter challenge you know frankly given the way our courts have worked um and and that's ultimately what it'll be they've, they've got all sorts of nixon things inside there and uh you know about you know directing courts with something in a preamble but the question is would any of this stick given the charter and at some point in canada we're going to have to have a mature conversation about 40 years in whether the thing is fit for purpose anymore nobody seems to want to have that conversation whether it's politicians or media types, or even academics. But unfortunately, uh, most countries have to look at these constitutions some way into it, and we're avoiding having a conversation, it seems to me, and so we'll keep on going down this road. Okay, well, you can't anti-charter the charter. Well, you can't. Look, John, constitutional systems around the world, people revise them and they look at them. We've, the thing is only 40 years old. We've turned, we've, we've sort of turned it into a totem. We're finding all sorts of areas of our law, whether it's assisted suicide, which we may come to, or this, or or whatever, where the, the constraint on governments is the way the charter is being interpreted. And instead of having that conversation, we go all off in these different directions. I, I, that's kind of where I am on it.
1: Okay. Tim Hudak, everybody loves tough on crime, but in this case, and I'm not advocating against what the minister is proposing, I'm just raising the issue. Um, you always have to presume somebody's innocent, so they may end up spending 18 months in a maximum security facility awaiting trial.
3: Uh, look, I think that uh, uh, David Lametti has done the right thing here. I, I was, I'm pleasantly surprised that they're heading in the right direction by making it tougher to get bail. I like the idea of reversing the onus. If you've been involved in violent crime in the past, you had a, a gun or knife, you you beat up your spouse or partner, you should have to have the onus. In fact, a much more often our to proved that you can get out on bail before you get, a, get out of jail free card. I, this was a unique situation where we saw, I think, all provinces come together to pressure the federal government to finally getting tougher on bail, I'm happy to see that Justice Minister Lemetti has actually moved in the right direction.
1: Okay, Laura Babcock, are you in line with the, that way of
0: thinking? Absolutely. I mean, we just have to go back to all the conversations we've had about these heartbreaking incidents where people are getting killed by people who are out on bail or who've been in and out of the justice system. We have to do something. Now, if we ever get to a point of looking at the charter for some reason at some point, but this is a step right now to make it a little tougher and making people prove they deserve to be out.
1: Mark Warner was mentioning assisted suicide. That's another one of our stories this morning. According to a new poll, one-third of Canadians are okay with the idea of assisted suicide for homeless people. Um, To say the least, Laura Babcock, it seems a little harsh.
0: Oh, it's so painful. I almost swore. Sorry, John. Uh, yesterday, uh, we did an OSHO special on encampments and what the solutions are, and I interviewed a woman who was homeless and was doing sex work for 15 years from the age of 15. She came out of it. Now she helps other people get out of it. The idea that we would euthanize our poor people instead of helping them. I mean, I, I, I don't, the OSHO is a community show, right? I don't make money off the thing. I hope people watch it, even in Toronto, because she had like 30 solutions. We're just not doing them. We're not taking this seriously and resourcing what all these people have done the hard work. They know how to end this crisis. Uh, There's lots of solutions. We need to get to them.
1: Tim Hudak, I think, demonstrates that some thinking just never goes out of style. I thought we were done with eugenics in the 1920s.
3: It were, Canadians are a little warped on this issue. Man, I, um, as, as you may remember, I was a co-chair of Jim Flaherty's campaign when he ran to be leader of the Ontario PC Party, and one of our parties was heavily interventionist in terms of helping homeless people get help and forcing some help. It got spun as putting the homeless in jail. You thought that was harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Killing them kill off them. was probably a step, a step in the wrong direction. But it, I think it does, uh, to be serious for a moment, it does, it does reflect believe it's a wrong path, obviously, but a growing frustration with uh, homelessness, homeless encampments, the danger uh, on subways, and, and not only in, in our, our major cities. I was in a smaller city of Belleville a couple weeks ago, where homelessness and uh, crime on the main streets of downtown was identified as the top issue uh, in Belleville, Ontario. So I think this should push governments in the direction of being more interventionalist in, in the homeless issue, but not going that far. Okay, Mark Warner, I mean, this poll also could
1: just merely suggest that a third of the people pulled are morons
2: i think it's just people are just tired of it and, and i think people I, you know you have to look at the actual question so i'm not surprised by it uh, john um you know and i think you you you, you took away my punchline because i was going to say look the left in canada has always have, had a fa- uh, fondness for eugenics so it's not particularly new i mean eugenics is not that far from from uh from our social uh welfare type system so um You know, Tommy Douglas what The Greatest Canadian was a great eugenicist. The Famous Five were great eugenicists as well. That's just part of the Canadian tradition, part of being a kinder, gentler country.
1: Uh, the greatest wealth yeah, <laughs> the greatest wealth transfer in history is happening now with boomers giving their money to the next generation. And Tim Hudak, I'll start with you. And there's not a lot of time on the clock, so you may be the only person who gets to weigh in on this. Uh, an awful lot of this that is going to be real estate
3: wealth. Uh, no doubt. We've uh, we've pointed that out. Uh, we actually surveyed on this, and people can see the results at com, where we found uh, a strong intention of uh, the boomers to pass it on to their, their sons and daughters who they love dearly but want... The them out of the basement or above the garage, and we find right now that the average uh, loan uh, or just donations or give uh, gifts to their kids uh, tops like close to $100,000 uh, in the province right now. Proof you come from a have family that you can get into the housing market. If you're have not, we need solutions for them too. Thanks a lot, all three of you. Great discussion, Laura Babcock, Tim
1: Hudak, and Mark Warner on round one.
3: Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.